Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well. Because, as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause using natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce that I'm working on my next book. The title is Reclaim Your Digestive Health and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your GI Distress with Natural Treatments. Now this book should be ready later this year, so keep an eye out for it. All right, that's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. Okay, my special guest today is Dr. Tarone Lodog. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Lodog is an internationally recognized expert in dietary supplements and integrative medicine. In addition to her many years as a clinician and educator, she has been involved in national health policy and regulatory issues, serving on advisory panels for the White House and the National Institutes of Health, and chaired two committees on dietary supplements for the U.S. Pharmacopeia. She is the author of Healthy at Home, Life is Your Best Medicine, and Guide to Medicinal Herbs. Her latest book is Fortify Your Life, Your Guide to Vitamins, Minerals, and More. Dr. Lodog, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be with you. Dr. Lodog, I absolutely loved this latest book fortify your life. Can we start with just having you share with the listeners the story about your father and uh, sure. and the prescription medications and how that affected his health and all, all that? Sure. You know, um, it, it, one of the motivations for writing this book was my father. Um, I'm very close to him. He's a gentleman who's in his 80s. Um, he has um, lived with cancer for many, many, many years. And uh, and he and he still teaches school. He's still quite healthy. So I was very surprised when I, I got a phone call from my mother late at night and said that he was in the hospital. And she she didn't quite understand what was going on. So she asked me to call him on his cell phone. So I called him. My dad answered the phone, and and uh, he told me that he'd been hospitalized after having several days of um, of really noticeably. Uh, weak muscles, cramping muscles, and the morning he was taken to the hospital, he was uh, having um, arrhythmias. His heart was was not beating normally. He his magnesium level was incredibly low. Potassium was low too, but but magnesium was dangerously low. And it took a day or so to figure out what had happened. But he had been left on a proton pump inhibitor uh, for about four years. He'd been placed on it the last time he'd been on chemo. And they just kind of left him on the medication. 
and nobody was checking his magnesium. Now, your listeners may or may not be aware of the fact that the FDA actually has a warning about uh, long-term use of these medications, especially more than a year and in people older, older than 50, that it can cause magnesium levels to plummet dangerously low, that can cause seizures, heart arrhythmias like my, for my father, uh, and even death. And so uh, it was shocking to me that he had been placed on this medication and nobody was following his magnesium levels, especially given his age and how, um, how vulnerable the heart becomes as we get older. This, was, uh, this is not uncommon, unfortunately. Um, it's not uncommon because m- vitamins and minerals and nutrients are a bit off the radar for many clinicians, uh, especially those trained in, in very conventional Western medicine. When these drugs are prescribed, nobody's thinking about the side effects of them. And, um, you know, it could have been mitigated simply by when the, the PPI was prescribed, putting my dad just on a basic magnesium supplement and then following him over time but but that was a lot of the motivation for reading uh, for writing the book uh, not only do we eat very different than we did a hundred years ago uh, even 50 years ago but also um, you know our soil has changed the nutritional components of our food has changed we don't eat a lot of the nutrient-dense foods such as organ meats and things like this that we used to eat and now many people take prescription medications which often can either impair your absorption of a nutrient or uh, interfere with its activation or enhance its elimination so that was that was the foundational principle for for why I wrote the book because I love my father and nobody you know my my father has survived cancer for more than twenty five years and he was almost done in by a little purple pill that is shocking yeah so for our listeners out there uh, proton pump inhibitor is an acid blocking medication usually prescribed for people that have uh, acid reflux or GERD and uh, what Doctor Lodog just said is so important that PPIs are now, it's a black box warning, right, Dr. Lodog? Yes. Mm-hmm. Black, yes. black box warning. As well as, yes, increasing fracture risk. Um, it causes anemia in many people because it elevates the pH in your stomach, making it hard for you to be able to utilize your iron as well as your calcium. So there's also a black box warning that taking these medications increases your risk for fractures. So, um, I'm not opposed to these medications. You know, I think, you know, Dr. Carey, for me, it's it's all medications. I mean, virtually all medications have a very beneficial use for a group of people. Yes. Unfortunately, what ends up happening is we end up then prescribing the drug for many, many, many people beyond that smaller group of people for which it really benefits. So the further you get from those who really need the drug, the more you end up getting people who are taking medications that are not as effective and by definition then have more risk. Um, There are 120 million prescriptions for these acid-blocking medications as well as them being available over-the-counter. And even by most GI doctor's standards, probably only 30% of these of people need to be on them long term. That means about 70% of people taking them really have no indication beyond six to eight weeks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, you're just blowing all of our minds here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, but that's the thing. Sometimes people think I'm anti-medication, and I'm yeah. absolutely not. And for a number of people who have... When, when their heartburn, that reflux, 
um, causes the the tissue that lines the esophagus, the tube that goes from the stomach up, you know, to the back of your throat, that esophagus, when it starts to, to really erode the esophagus, people are, are probably going to have to be on this medication possibly for many years. And, and thankfully so, because it can help prevent cancer and other horrible things that can happen in your esophagus. But even then, why are we not following calcium why are we not checking vitamin d why are we not following for anemia and certainly why are we not managing magnesium when we know that when you shut off stomach acid all of these nutrients now are vulnerable b12 is another example of one that you know needs acid to be able to free it from protein and carry it so it can be absorbed in your in in your body so you know b12 comes from animal products predominantly and it's attached to protein and without stomach acid you actually can't free the B12 from the protein. So there's a lot of nuances around this. And um, and again, these are things that I wrote about in the book because I think that we, we say too often, oh, you get everything you need if you eat a good diet. And that's just frankly not true. Um, the CDC's data clearly shows that tens of millions of Americans are deficient in at least one nutrient. Um, and that's concerning. Absolutely. So let's kind of shift gears here and talk about um, chapter two in your book. You called it Inside the Bottle and Behind the Label. So uh, can you talk about that chapter and, you know, like basically how can we make sure we're getting good quality supplements? I'm sure you heard about it was about this time last year. The um, information came out from um, New York State. Um, the attorney general. The yeah. attorney, yes, yeah, the attorney general of New York State. Um, they did some research on um, the herbs at GNC, Target, Walgreens, and I think there was another corporation. And these capsules did not have any herbs in them. They were like bad, not bad stuff, but they didn't have the herbs that they contained. And we've heard right. it, similar right. things with probiotics. Like they've gone in to the health food store, taken different probiotics off the shelf, looked at it in the lab, and there's like nothing alive in there, or there's only a fraction of what's supposed to be in the label on there. So how can, what what can listeners do? Right. Well, without getting too much into detail for the New York Attorney General. I know that's a big, well, big because, question. Well, because. I, I chair the committee at the United States Pharmacopeia, and I work with the standard setting committee. So, you know, our job is actually to create the standards, and the New York Attorney General used a, a method of analysis, a DNA analysis, which is not approved anywhere in the world for actually looking at finished extracts. Once you extract a, an herb, you put it through solvent and you extract it, you're not going to see DNA. It's going to be denatured. Um, so it wasn't a very good test. Um, oh. There was a lot of issues with that. So oh, I actually, wow. I actually was, um, you know, I'm very critical of the industry, um, but I'm also very critical of misapplied science. Um, as a scientist, they yeah. they used a method that was not valid, um, and um, and should not have been used. And then it became very difficult for the companies because the perception in the public yeah. was already out there. Yeah. Was, you oh know, wow. It, it was kind of fast. It was kind of fast. 
Um, now, the herbs are more complicated um, than vitamins and minerals. The vitamins and minerals, the standards there, and mostly what you're getting in a multivitamin in that, the vitamins and minerals themselves, we don't have a lot of problems with because we understand them. They don't have hundreds of, they're not complex plants. They're individual constituents. So uh, in this book, I talk a lot about what you want to look for in your multivitamin or your vitamins when you're taking them. And I would say one of the chief things that your listeners want to look for is what is what is under the other ingredients section. <laughs> right? Yes, so you got yes. this nice list of vitamins and minerals, and then you get to the bottom and it says other ingredients. And here you have all the excipients and binders and fillers and col- colorings and solvents. And as I tell most of my patients, look, if you wouldn't buy food that has all that in there, why would you buy a supplement that's got all that in there, you know? So um, that is that is where a lot of the um, artificial ingredients, um, a lot of the kind of, you know, FDC yellow and red colors and things like this, that's where you find those. And you don't want a long, long list in those other ingredients. You know, it should have two or three kinds of things in there. Tablets need some binder to bind it. But like a lot of whole food companies actually use food to bind the tablets together. So there's there's ways of making better products. Um, but that other ingredients is one you want to pay attention to. You're sensitive to corn, you know, is there is is there any kind of corn derived product in there? Does it guarantee it doesn't have soy, lactose, you know, things like this? So that's a big place to be looking for. I go through in the book many of the uh, binders and fillers and things like this um, that are in there, so that you can you know you can look at, at at your vitamin and sort of decide for yourself is this a good quality supplement or not. But it's not as it's not as simple as people um, would initially think. It takes a lot to make a tablet. It takes um, you've got to have flow agents to keep things from binding up when you put them in a capsule. So there's all kinds of um, you know good, better, best that could be used in a tablet or a capsule to make them. Um, this was one thing you know. It's like in the in the New York Attorney General, they were talking about some of these capsules having rice rice powder in them and how terrible that was. Well, rice powder is used as a filling agent. So let, let me give you an example. If you have a 500 milligram capsule, that's the size of the capsule. It's a standard size capsule. And you have 125 milligrams of an ingredient. You have to still put 375 milligrams of something to fill the capsule. And, and so rice powder, is it, rice flour is generally what's used because it's hypoallergenic. And it's better than cornstarch or lactose or other things people could be allergic to. So... So there's a lot in the making of these products that I think people don't understand. And so that was the whole chapter two, was trying to really give people a way of understanding what's in that bottle, what's on that label, and what do you need and what do you not need. Absolutely. It's a brilliant chapter, and I cannot tell you how many times patients will tell me, like, they go to the health food store and they're just overwhelmed. Like just just with trying to pick out a vitamin C, they're just overwhelmed because there's like a whole (laughs) row of just vitamin C. (laughs) Isn't that just, and you know, isn't that kind of sad because, um, you know, sometimes what ends up happening then is, you know, they leave without taking anything and we tell people to go talk to your doctor or your healthcare provider but oftentimes, in many areas, there are not um, clinicians who are well-trained in, in, in supplements or in helping patients with buying something as basic as vitamin C or how to take it. 
As a little aside, I mean, I was stunned when I was reviewing the Centers for Disease Control's data on, um, on our nutritional status. And instead of just doing surveys, they actually, for a huge number of people in the United States from across different races and ethnicities and both genders and ages one and up, they took blood and urine samples. And so we really got a very keen insight into the actual biochemical state of people's nutrition, right? Instead of guessing based on what people say they eat. And you just mentioned vitamin C. I was stunned to find almost 16 million Americans have extremely low levels of vitamin C, indicating that they're getting somewhere less than 30 milligrams per day. Of, of this really important nutrient. And I had to, you know, I had to read that several times to make sure I was actually getting the data correct. Because you're thinking, my gosh, that's like that's that's like twice the population of New York. Every man, woman, and child living there. I mean it's just and that's how many people have really, really low levels. And then when we you know, to the to, uh, frank deficiency. That's how it was rated, was frank deficiency. And then people with really marginal on the edge of of, um, of frank deficiency of vitamin C was like a, a, another, you know, 16, 18 million. So almost 30 million Americans really, really low vitamin C. And and we may not be seeing frank scurvy like we saw in sailors, you know, and, and people long past, but what are some of the signs of, of, of low vitamin C before you get to frank scurvy fatigue, thicker skin, dry skin, wounds don't heal as quick, bruise more easily, joints ache. Gosh, how many people do you think have that? Too many. Probably probably 30 million. <laughs> Too many. You know, just, yeah. just many people have low vitamin C. So, and, and nobody's really checking vitamin C levels. And, and this is what I mean. For me, vitamin C is also a marker for other nutrients because vitamin C you're getting predominantly in your produce, your you know your your veggies and your fruits. So if we've got that many people who are this low in vitamin C, to me that tells me they're also not getting all the wonderful other nutrients and plant nutrients that you find in in produce. Um, so I, I'm concerned. I think we're not. I think our nutritional status is a lot worse than we think, and and we're complacent in many ways because we simply will prescribe a drug. If you got these symptoms, we'll just give you a drug. And then the drug will rob you of more nutrients. Exactly, and has more side effects. You know, something else your listeners may be interested in is um, 30 million Americans, according to the CDC, 30 million Americans have frank vitamin B6 deficiency. Mm-hmm. Women almost double the number of men. Now, if I told you there was something going on in the United States, a virus or something that that was causing significant depression, irritability, insomnia, um, poor memory, confusion, and it was affecting every man, woman, and child in New York, Philadelphia, Miami, Houston, you know, this whole range of, of, of people all across the nation. Uh, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, think of 30 million people in our cities. It would be on the nightly news and people would be up in our... Look what happened when Ebola came. We had two people Mm -hmm. here. I mean, imagine talking about 30 million people, but yet that's how many people 
are frankly deficient in B6, and those symptoms I described are symptoms of B6 deficiency. And how many how many doctors are checking B6 in their patients? None. None. I was just in front of a group of physicians at a dietary supplements conference out at Scripps. Uh, so these are people that are already interested in supplements that use vitamins and minerals in their practice. They're very savvy, so not just the average physician. And I asked how many of them had checked B6 levels in a patient. And out of almost 700 physicians, one Mm -mm. raised their hand. And he's a doctor at Mayo Clinic. Wow. So my guess is since 30 million Americans are on antidepressant medications, twice as many women as men, and 30 million Americans are deficient in B6, 18 million are deficient in B12 at levels low enough to cause irreversible nerve damage. I believe that we are actually, some of what we're seeing, not all, but some of the depression and anxiety and other things that we're seeing in people are also driven directly by the fact they don't have the nutrients needed to make the neurotransmitters or the chemicals in their brain that help lift our mood, help us feel pleasure, and help regulate our sleep and our appetite. Absolutely. So when we just look at pure biochemistry... Not to get all nerdy here <laughs> and yes. to lose our listeners, but like when you look at the biochemistry, you need B6 in order to make serotonin and melatonin and dopamine. Yes. So, yes. When, so when we're losing our brain health, we have brain fatigue, brain fog, poor memory, poor concentration, anxiety, depression. Just as Dr. Lodoc said, it, it could be a simple B6 Deficiency. So, Dr. Lodog, what are some of the specific questions that we should be asking our doctors when we go in for a visit? Well, I think that if you're having, um, if you're having, you know, um, I think everybody should know their vitamin D. I, yes. I, I still can't believe that this is a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody yeah. should have their vitamin D level checked. Uh, it's best to have it checked really, you know, January, February, March. That's the best time to get it checked because it shows your low points of the year. Um, I think especially if you're darker skinned, uh, living in the United States, if you if you have a, a, a darker flesh, you definitely want to, you want to insist on getting a vitamin D level and you want to follow the Endocrine Society's guidelines, which mean that you want that blood level to be 30 nanograms per mil. Or higher. And don't let your doctor say we checked it and it's normal. Ask to have a copy of your lab report. Some labs report 20 as normal, even though the Endocrine Society considers that insufficient. So you want to always get your lab results and you want to look at the actual number, right? So vitamin D, I think, is something people want to have checked. When you're over the age of 50, or if you're taking the drug metformin or glucophage for diabetes, you also want to make sure you're getting your B12 level checked. Now, the B12 is one way to check it. There's another test that is a little more specific for B12 deficiency. Hopefully, your doctor would order that. But if you're over 50 or you're taking metformin, the drug metformin for diabetes, um, you definitely want to get your B12 levels checked. 
um, because we know it becomes harder to maintain B12 as you get older, and we also know that metformin dramatically increases your risk for B12 deficiency, right? So there are a few things you want to be making sure that your doctor is checking, and in the back of my book, Fortify Your Life, there's a whole list of medications, and it it lists nutrients that can be depleted by certain drugs. And you want to, you know, just take that back part and just say, you know, I, I have been on Captopril uh, for my blood pressure now for a while. And I've noticed that my taste, it's, uh, I, I don't taste things as well. The wine tastes off. Uh, I'm not tasting things as well. And I have read that, that, Captopril can wipe out zinc, and one of the signs of zinc deficiency is taste. Is this something I should take, or should you check my level? Have a conversation. Don't be afraid to talk to your doctor about things that, you know, you're your own advocate. No, you have to be your own advocate. They say that all clinical knowledge, everything we know in clinical medicine, everything we know by 2020 will be doubling every 18 months. That wow. means the entire world of what we know clinically by 2020 will be doubling every 18 months. No human being is going to be able to keep up with that. So you have to be a savvy person. You've got to you got to take care of yourself cuz you your you are your best advocate. And so don't be afraid to say, "Hey, you know, to your nurse practitioner, your doc, your naturopath, whoever you're working with, Say, hey, you know, I've been feeling this and I, I looked it up and on WebMD, on Mayo, on the NIH website, it says that these drugs can cause this. I'm wondering if we should check it in me. And, and I think that, you know, if your doctor or your nurse practitioner or whoever you're seeing is not open to having that conversation with you, if you feel like, like, like put down or, or scolded because of that, then you need to find a new practitioner. Because most pr practitioners will appreciate you advocating for yourself and bringing things to their attention um, that they may not be thinking about because it just may not be on their radar screen. Fabulous advice. So I just want to go back to the vitamin D. I got to tell you, Dr. Lodog, in Canada, the, you know, we're, we're on socialized medicine yes. here and the government does yes. not... I they, know. They do not pay for vitamin D testing, and it's just insanity, I tell you. And Ashley. Yes, because to say, just take a 1,000 IUs. Oh, it's is ridiculous. Not, it's not gonna, if your level is low, you're still going to be deficient. Gonna be as low as it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you're still going to be deficient. I test this everybody. Yeah. This is one area where I would just tell people, hey, look, these tests are, you know, $50, $60. They've come down a lot in price. And this is one that you just may want to invest in for yourself um, to know what your level is. Uh, because the reasons that we use such high levels to replete is because it takes that much to get your levels back up. And then you had also mentioned uh, a level of 30. So in Canada, the equivalent, because we use different 75. units, it would be 75. Yeah. 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 Okay. 75 nanomoles per liter. They're the same, they just use a different scale. And and actually the Endocrine Society advocates that everybody, because of the variation in tests, 
that the variation given that, that probably most people should be at 40 nanograms per mil or 100 to account for some of the uh, variety and testing methods. Um, They said that that basically assures everybody has adequate levels um, that it's not toxic, it's safe, and that's kind of the right level. So, you know, somewhere between 30 and 40 or 75 and 100, you're probably going to be in your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I wanted to switch gears and ask you about buying supplements online because there's a lot more p- people um, buying their products online. You know, I kind of wonder about are some of these products counterfeit? Are they expired and they've just been relabeled? What can you say about that? Well, I think that actually a lot of people just buy brand names online, right? Because there's a lot of companies that just, you know, you're getting exactly the same brand you'd be getting at Whole Foods or Sprouts or whatever your equivalents are in Canada. You're getting the exact same brand. It's the same label, same product, same brand, same company, but you're getting it at, at you know, 20% off the retail price with free shipping. So for many people, buying a brand name that you buy at the store, especially if you live more rural like I do, I'm an hour from a store where you could buy a supplement. So um, it, it, that can be perfectly fine. Be very cautious with buying you know, from uh, a website that doesn't carry kind of brand name products, right? So iHerb.com, Vitacost.com, these are big, big websites that sell only brand name products. And and so you're going to be buying the same thing you'd be getting. Be careful to go to, you know, Dr. Joe's website that you've never heard of and there's products that you've never seen. Uh, you do want to be careful there because um, you don't know the quality. Canada, you have the advantage of in Canada having an ID number on your products, meaning that they've been registered with Health Canada. Very sensible system. So, Dr. Lodog, is there anything else you think that's important for our listeners to know? Well, I, I think my, 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 last, my last piece of advice is to um, constantly be um, thinking about, you know, your health as a resource and not as a goal. The goal is not to be healthy. You want to view health as a resource. Health is a resource that allows you to do all the things that you want to do in life. And, and your health will vary at different times of your life. But no matter your circumstance, you want to be as healthy as you can be. Not because health is the goal, but because health allows you to enjoy traveling or visiting and playing with the kids. Whatever it is, health is a resource. And nutrients can be a part of that. The reason they're a vitamin and mineral is because your body, other than vitamin D, your body can't make them. You have to get them in your food. And getting them in your food may be harder than you think. Um, you, you know yourself better than anybody. And... And I personally believe that all of us were born, our bodies were born with an innate innate homing device, essentially, that tells us the way back to being healthy and normal and well. And so just listen to your instincts, trust your instincts, um, be educated, be savvy, be skeptical, um, and, and you know, listen to shows like this that can provide you with good information. And um, certainly National Geographic, um, the books I've written with National Geographic, I think, I think they're useful books. Uh, and they can be part of your reference library along with others that can help you make sensible, scientifically-based decisions for how to enhance your health and well-being. 
So Dr. Lodog, how can our listeners find out more about you and where can they get a copy of your book, Fortify Your Life, Your Guide to Vitamins, Minerals, and More? Well, I do have a website. Everybody has one today. So um, it's drlodog.com, D-R, Lodog, L-O-W-D-O-G, drlodog.com. Uh, I do blogs there and um, people write me questions and then I do que- I do answers on the blog. Um, and then my book is, is with National Geographic and it's available on Barnes and Nobles or Amazon. Um, and I do think it's a very useful book to keep around the house. You'll earmark lots of pages and underline lots of things. I I think you'll refer to it time and time again. So for our listeners, I'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes so that you can easily find Dr. Lodog. And I actually think you should buy two copies of Dr. Lodog's book, Fortify Your Life, one for you and one to gift to your doctor. (laughs) Thank you. A lot of doctors (laughs) actually have bought the book. I've, I've received a lot of of lovely messages from doctors that said I bought the book and thank you for writing it I I didn't know a lot of this so we're all trying to educate each other and and that's the way it should be I'm, I'm all for the democratization of knowledge making knowledge freely accessible so people um, can be informed and 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 take charge of their own health absolutely Dr. Lodog thank you so much for being my special guest today this has just been an awesome interview Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Carey. All right. That wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Tione Lodog. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.